I encourage you to take your Bibles. We're going to be traveling through them a little bit today. And in your uh, bulletin, there is a place for you to make notes. And if you wish to please do that, I would encourage you to do that. And write them down, the different verses, read them through. As we travel through Scripture, what God has to say to us this morning. May I really encourage you, Haley, you did a great job. Thank you for that. May I really encourage you to come in January. Why are we saying it so early? We want you all to be there. Everybody is welcome and come and, and participate with us. This morning, I want you to imagine a world without Jesus. Just think about that. Imagine a world without Jesus. There would be no hope. Imagine a world without Jesus. There would be no forgiveness. Only bitterness. Imagine a world without Jesus. There's be no boundaries. No freedom. No hope plus no forgiveness equals no peace. Imagine a world without Jesus. There is no peace. During this time of the year, our world focuses heavily upon the marketing and what Christmas is to them. And during this time of the year, there's so many people and so many of us that are undaunted with the busyness of season. I mean, there's shopping to do. There's parties to go to. There's banquets to attend, which we had a good one on Saturday. There's sleigh rides to happen. There's so much that keeps us running and running and running. Moreover, in the midst of this time, a time which is supposed to be bring us such happiness and joy and peace, statistics show that people are far more lonely and unhappy during the Christmas season, more than any other time of the year. Why is that? I believe it relates directly to those who seek joy and their peace in the wrong place. Today we start our second week of Advent. And our theme is focused on peace. I don't know if you follow the news these days, but world peace or the lack of it is a major topic. I read last week that in the last 55,400 years of recorded history, 
The world has been without war for only 275 of those years. Just let that sink in. Peace has always been and continues to be a rare commodity in the world. Our personal worlds are not necessarily models of peace either. The breakdown of the family exposes that most families have little or no peace as the divorce rate climbs to over 60%. Children are becoming more and more disconnected from their parents. The rise of self-medication through alcohol and painkillers and other drugs destroys relationships and makes dealings with issues virtually impossible. Peace is hard to find. I like what one woman said about finding inner peace. And she said this, My therapist told me the way to achieve inner peace is to finish what I started. So today... I have finished two bags of potato chips, a chocolate cake, and I feel better already. I don't know if that would make you feel better, but I do know that everyone desires peace. I know many of you are on social media. There's lots of apps out there. And you see it all through the apps, from Facebook to Instagram people hungry and want peace. Today, if we see that Jesus had never been born, this indeed would be a world without peace. The world is clamoring for peace. Conferences, meetings, speeches, demonstrations all over the world are taking place, and they're calling for peace, looking for peace. However, it does not come. And why is that? It's because peace is a choice. Peace is a choice. Imagine a world without Jesus. It would be our futile attempts at peace. Moreover, in our attempts of peace, we would attempt to pursue things related to our job or studies or wealth, only to become more entangled and encumbered and frustrated by the very things that we thought would bring us peace, the things that we thought would bring us joy. So what is God's peace like? What is God's peace like? If you have your Bibles... Can I encourage you to turn to John chapter 14, verse 27. And if you have your phones and you don't have your Bibles, may I encourage you to go to the app and bring that up. And I'm going to be reading from the NIV, just so that you know. John chapter 14, verse 27. Says this. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. 
I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. We must understand, as we take a look at this verse and many others, that true peace does not come from our hearts. It does not come from our government. It does not come from the results of war. Peace only comes from the giver of peace. And in this verse, Jesus made it very clear that it is his peace that will truly bring peace. Moreover, that peace is only available from him. Notice what it says in the previous verses, in verse 26. Let's just bump back to that. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all these things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus tells us here that it's through the Holy Spirit that today we can recall, we can remember what it is that Jesus came to give. The peace that Jesus came to this world to give is available to you, to me, and the Holy Spirit will come alongside us and help us live in it. Live in it. Jesus wanted to stress the special quality of that peace that only he can give and emphasize that he has a peace that the world has never seen or experienced. A supernatural peace, not of this world. Many of you have experienced it as I visit you and you talk about the different things that the Lord has walked you through, how you have this incredible peace. Norma even expresses that when she's texting. This peace, not of this world. Second thing we see is that God's peace is available to the world. The word reconcile means to make peace. When God forgives us, he makes a way to where we can have peace with God. The Bible uses the imagery of being far off or far away or separated or excluded from God. And God brings us near. God brings us near. I want you to notice that in two vivid passages of Scripture that describe how we were once far away and God brought us to Him, near to Him, through peace and forgiveness. So turn with me, if you will, to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1.
And I want to read verses 20 to 22 of Colossians chapter 1. And it begins like this. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on the earth or things in the heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and from which I, Paul, become a servant. I mean, those verses are packed full of deep stuff. We could, we could spend several Sundays just looking at those verses how he reconciled us, how we were alienated, how he sought us out. Turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at verses 12 through 15. Remember that at that time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of this promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, who you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with his commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. These verses say that the Jews or Gentiles, for us. God longs to have peace and intimacy with everyone who asks for forgiveness from him. He longs for that. That's why he sent his son. Therefore, being saved is like God tearing down any barrier that has kept you from having peace and intimacy with him. And now you can approach God's throne because you're a child of God. What a powerful picture. A powerful picture. This, this gift, Jesus Christ. Stay in Ephesians chapter 2. Let's look at the following verses, 16 through 18. And in this one body, 
to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to all who were far away and peace to those who were near. Verse 18, For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. We have a common unity. We have the same Lord, the same God, the same Spirit, the same Holy Spirit. You see, it's through the cross that we can have peace. That we can come directly to God for peace. Just the symbolism of the manger and the cross we have here portrays that picture. It didn't stop in the manger. It went all the way to the cross. He paid a price for us. Turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. It says this, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Because of this incredible gift, we can have peace that goes beyond what the world has ever known. And through that peace, we can approach our Father, our Lord, our Savior, our Holy God. You see, prior to accepting Christ as your Savior, you were not at peace with Him. You might be a very good person. You might have obeyed all the rules. You might have done everything right. But if you stole a piece of candy somewhere in your life, you've sinned. Or if you told a white lie, you've sinned. And we've become alienated from God. And because of our sin, God must judge us and punish us for that sin that we deserve. Because he's a holy God. He's a just God. He's a righteous God. But upon requesting forgiveness from God, we become not recipients of his wrath, but recipients of his grace and peace and mercy. When Satan drags Todd in front of my God, and he says, look at what he's done. He screwed up. Look at how bad he is. God looks at his son, Jesus, and says, he paid it all. He paid it. He paid that. God's peace can change the world. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that who should ever believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life, everlasting life. If you have your Bibles, you want to go there. Look at that verse. Let that sink in. 
Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I have friends that are wrestling with this. So simple, can't be that simple, yet so hard. God will allow you to make that change. You see, sometimes we work on, well, I'll change my habits first, and then I'll come to the Lord. You can come to Jesus, and he will give you new life so that you can change. Because without him, we're unable to change. John 10, 10. John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That thief is Satan and his legions. And they're real. They're not make-believe. But listen to what he says. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The peace that comes from Christ, from the cross of Christ, is peace that can change us. That can take us from where we are to where we should be. Not in our power, but in His power. Not I, but Christ. It's a choice that we make. We've all seen the movie about Scrooge. This time of the year, it comes out in lots of different versions. And as we watch it, we saw Scrooge look at his dark future. The future that involved no joy, no peace, no hope, and he had a choice to make. He, continue, he could choose to continue the path that he was on, or he could choose to change. We are faced with this choice. We have friends, we have family, we have relatives, acquaintance that need Jesus Christ in their life. Christ came to give us life and to give it to us in abundance but we need to choose to accept that life. We must see and understand that Jesus is the one who gives us life. Not things, not monies, not career. Jesus, through his love and sacrifice, gives us peace. Through the Holy Spirit, he gives us joy. Through his example of forgiveness, he takes away our bitterness. Through his atonement for sins, for our sins, he brings us near to him. 
Jesus covers us in his love. He forgives us our sins. He cleanses us from our unrighteousness. And through his cross, through his birth in Bethlehem, because he came as a little baby, Jesus saves. So think about this. Imagine a world without Jesus. Imagine that. There would be no hope. It would be full of bitterness. There would be no peace. If you have never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, may I encourage you, don't delay. Don't take that baby gift that's underneath the tree that's free that we can unwrap and we can open up and we can receive in our life. Don't leave it wrapped and don't just put it in the closet again for next time. Don't delay. And if you would like to receive Jesus Christ, I would encourage you to come up this morning as we close off our song. The elders would love to sit down with you, pray with you. I would love to do that. If you have a prayer concern, prayer item, or if you like prayer, please do that. Let me close with this prayer. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you that 2,000 years ago, your son, Jesus Christ, came down to this earth in a form of a baby, went all the way to the cross so that I could have peace with you, so that I could have hope. And Lord, I just pray that if there be any here this morning that are wrestling with peace, that one peace, Lord, may they give their hearts to you. It's a choice, Lord. May you move amongst us. May we be incredible ambassadors for you as we celebrate with our families at different times. May our message be true to you, Lord. the giver of our hope and peace. We just pray and ask things in your name.